You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. Coming to you live from the first round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. I'm joined by Jeff Ballas, Andreas Morris. Today our guest is Serge Texera. Why am I having trouble with that name, Serge? You're having a nightmare. I am. I'm going to wake this guy up. A full-on mare. (laughs) And um, just to give you a little bit of a background on Serge, Serge is the uh, coordinator for the RPC in the north here. He's uh, a technical... He's a staff coach for FC Edmonton. Yeah, the North Region staff coach. North Region staff coach as well for the uh, Alberta Soccer Association. Um, Head coach of the uh, Canada Summer Games uh, women's team. Go on. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I'm on. just going to uh, let you go on. The ex-head coach of the Nate Women, very successful career there. I bet you that was 2011 uh, and 12 and 12. Yeah, we get a couple of years out of that, huh? Cup three. Yeah, I think three there was one years. more as well. Yeah, and I think there was a uh, was there a national final each of those years? Two national finals. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, a lot of things that we're going to obviously have Serge in here talking about. I want to talk first about uh, what's going on here at the first round restaurant. All summer long, it's been their uh, Sunday fun day on the patio. Hey, here's one of the ladies here that works the Sunday fun day on the patio. Bree, how are you? Good. <laughs> She's good. She's good. And you can come down and see her on Sundays where you can get all kinds of drink specials. Uh, lots of fun stuff. It's only till the end of uh, August, so make sure you get down here to the first round and get that happening as well. The next home game for FC Edmonton is on the 28th, August 28th, August 28th against yeah. Puerto Rico. Uh, be there or be square. You can get the, uh, the family uh, and friends pack where it's 20 bucks a ticket. You get a hot dog. You get a pop out of the deal. And there's a, a little bit of a dog excitement going to be going on. I, we'll, I want to know if I can bring we'll, mine. We'll talk about that a little bit later. When I actually, BYOD? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> bring your own dog. I we'll, cannot bring my dog. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, like I said, all kinds of stuff to get to. And I'm going to throw this to Jeff right away because there's a couple of topics I know that we want to hit right away. So, Jeff? Yeah, we're going to jump in. There's a, there was a fantastic Twitter conversation happening yesterday on, um, well, Global News reported it, CTV News reported it, and it's about the city now considering to uh, finance and, and, and try to build a few more of these indoor soccer, hockey arenas, rinks, whatever you want to call them. So the conversation, uh, most of the conversation, I think, was pretty negative, actually. And, and, you know, and I think I'll just start off, and you guys can jump in here. But uh, I tweeted out one comment that, for me, it's absolutely nonsense that we're considering building other hockey rinks made for soccer um, when we do not have an 11v11 indoor facility. So what a complete waste of funds. And that's just in my opinion. But uh, uh, you know what? You guys here. I, I, no, I agree with that one wholeheartedly. I, I think there has to be a full-size Levin aside pitch here in Edmonton. I've got nothing wrong. I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I've got nothing wrong with the boarded game in the sense that it's an activity. It gets kids involved during the winter. Fine. Fine and dandy. I don't like it, but it's here, and it's, and it's worked here, obviously, forever. Yeah. Um, but to build more of them, I think we'd be better served, for sure, as you've just said, to, to have an 11 v. 11 type of facility. But I think, I think what, what, what council is seeing here is that there's a, there's a big demographic of kids who aren't taking this sport as seriously as we are generally involved with, right? The kids True. that we see every yeah. day are really mm-hmm. passionate about it and really at a high level. Uh, there's another whole demographic that, just as you say, want to play this sport recreationally. Mm-hmm. So it, it's... Uh, I, 
I see where the city would come out and, and, and say, you know, these are being used. I mean, God, we know they're being used. So it's not a terrible thing to build them, but you are missing out on the, the elite level, I think, where these kids, the elite level, need the 11 v. 11. It's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I have a hard time foo-fooing it. But at the same time, I think you're right. Before you build more of these boarded ones, let's get on. Let's 11 get the 11 11. 11. And that's, that was my thought yeah. for sure. There's, there's no need. We, uh, I believe we have 22 fields right now in the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. And the ones at least in Edmonton, from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to close to midnight, are full. Yeah. Nonstop. Let it be from school usage to clubs to, to leagues. It is. At least on weekends. Oh, even during the, during the week? Yeah, yeah. We, with, with the school programs. I've, I've seen it. Yeah. I've walked into the school league. programs. Yeah. They are. But... It's one of those things about us talking about a full size. This is not an outside-the-box thinking. Saskatoon has two. Regina. They're all over the place. We just we don't have one yet. Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. <laughs> Moose Jaw has one. And yeah. what people don't realize is once we get a full size, we can turn into three 7v7s. So then the elite players will start playing out of there. And that's going to open up more room for the rec players. Because mm-hmm. there's a place for rec soccer. Of course there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's going to open up more space for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely think that if there was a full size... Uh, facility that could be used, you would see numbers moving away from the boarded, getting back in, because you could have full-sized leagues continuing in the winter months, which would help for the summer seasons as well. Yeah. Well, EDSA, EDSA is a big user of the indoor facilities, certainly for adult soccer. And then Mike Tomei spoke today. I read a comment from him saying that they actually have more registration in the indoor season than the outdoor. And, and that's fair enough. So for the EDSA, I understand that there's a need for that. But if we start pulling out club soccer from the indoor border facilities and putting those into 11v11 centers, like Serge is saying, where you can divide it into three 7v7s, it's a better development game for them, a better training game for yeah, them. For sure. There's more room for the EDSA and for the adult and the senior leagues because we get that. Mm-hmm. You know, we also, um, I believe it's uh, Councillor Brian Anderson. I've got it right here. I wrote it down. So soccer might be the fastest growing or the largest sport in the city right now. Well, welcome to 2016. Mm-hmm. Counselor, <laughs> yeah. um, because it is the fastest growing sport, not just here in Edmonton, in Canada. It already has the largest participation numbers of any sport in this country, mm-hmm. um, and it does so in Alberta as well. And what I don't like when I mean it's great that city council wants to support the support the sport of soccer, and they've talked about that, saying predominantly soccer. But why is it that whenever we talk soccer facilities, they always throw out, but we can also then use it for lacrosse and for uh, ball hockey and all these other sports because well, they're politicians, Jeff. But when we build hockey rinks. Have you ever heard them mention building a hockey rink for another sport yeah. along with hockey? Uh, it's not done. It's built for hockey. It's, you know, saying something, so, well, we can put boards along the floor and then cover that with carpet yeah. and the soccer guys, can you? That's yeah. not going right. to happen. Gonna it's happen. never going to happen. Yeah. Never considered. No. And for the same reason why these outdoor rinks that, that we have all over the place are never thought of to, to actually cut out, like I've talked about before on the podcast, why can't those rinks be converted every summer for soccer? So yeah. kids can go and play in a 3v3, 4v4 environment. Never thought of because that's actually just a hockey facility. Totally. Yeah, yep. and then the last thing I'll say, and I'll turn it over again. Um, they talk about the city is going to fund the building of these, and then the associations, or in this in this case ESA, I believe it is, will pay them back. And the ESA right now with these indoor centers will be debt free, I believe they said twenty twenty three, and then they'll start, and then now they'll go into paying off these new centers. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, do other sports have to pay back facilities? Because here, soccer is going to be paying back the loan to build these facilities. Are all these hockey rinks in the city being paid back by hockey associations? Legit question. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. the I don't know the answer. Legit no, question. I honestly don't know the answer to that either. Yeah. You would hope so. I mean, based on those facts, well, based you would, on hope, that, so. I you mean, would hope so. 
But I, yeah. I, and I get why they need to pay him back. I mean, the, the soccer associations are making a lot of money off mm-hmm. of these facilities, being able to access these facilities and charging what they charge for their registration fees. There should be some money back. My, my wife started playing you know, for the first time in her life. Somebody should, uh, no, somebody should have to pay for it. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree, yeah, I agree with that. But I, it, it, are they actually making that much money? No, they make oh, money. They, they make, make money. Killing. I, I have know, to. I'm no, just asking. They make I'm, a killing. Telling you, yeah. I'm thinking about the clubs and how much money they actually My make. wife, God bless her if she listens to this, but <laughs> she, started playing, she started playing soccer when she met me. And uh, maybe about three or four years after she met me, because she figured she better learn to like the game. So she started playing first time in her life, and she was playing senior women's. And uh, I don't even know what tier it was, over whatever age. I won't say that age, because I'll embarrass her. <laughs> but um, but she, so I had to pay $4 every night to walk in there and pretend I was watching them play. <laughs> so they make a lot of money. They do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, then, there you go. There you have it. Lots of money. I was going to continue yeah. on with your wife and uh, a certain type of... Um we can leave my wife out of it. Yeah, maybe we'll just move on. Yeah, striking yeah. distance yeah. from you. Know you. Know with it. you know where yeah. I was going. We were going to talk a little pool and soccer team picks and stuff like that. Anyway, oh yeah. But right now, <laughs> that's, 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 where, that's where I was going with that. We have with U14 and U16 ESA. They play out of Victoria, so 77. Right. Yeah. Any player, regardless of their skill level, that has ever played in that league does not want to go back to boarded soccer. Mm-hmm. It's a more enjoyable game for the players. Everything. Yeah. No, I can. I can definitely say that. I, I'm, I'm totally in agreement that 11 v 11 indoor pitch is a necessary yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It has to happen. But I don't think it needs to happen. Um, what's the word? In, in spite of these other fields. Yeah. I think, you know, a little bit of both yeah, would be just, great. Just to throw it out there for those people that might be listening that aren't from the Edmonton area, um, the Victoria Club has their own facility and it's mm-hmm. non-boarded. It's almost more. Uh, I don't want to say futsal, but it's a seventy-seven indoor yeah. Yeah. Uh, facility. And they're building a second. And they're building a second one. Yeah. Again, no boards. So as far as the technical end of the game, it's way more consistent with what the outdoor would be. So you just jumped onto it. Go ahead. Sorry, Andrew. I was just going to mention the foothills thing that we were talking about before. And, yeah. And, and what what they're doing there is a is a private club is building an 11 v 11 center there. And and off air we were talking about well that's great you know fantastic for the soccer community in Calgary. But what JP pointed out was that. It's great for the Foothills Club, um, and exactly. it's not so great for everybody else yeah. in that they're, they're really it's, – it's for Foothills. Yeah. So how much do the other clubs benefit from it? And I think that uh, – and you know, that's a great point because I don't think that's the way we want to do this. I honestly think yeah. it needs to be a, a city-guided, a city-funded um, thing so that everybody can right. use it. I think, I think, and I think there could actually be two full-sized at either end of the city. Oh, so, yeah. sure. I mean, you could even think it could be more. And oh, absolutely. And fully mm-hmm. used. Yeah. But even th- go back to the hockey, with all of our hockey clubs and all the rinks, to, to my recollection, CAC has their own rink and KC has their own rink. Okay. I can't think of another club. Southside Athletic Club doesn't have their own rink or the Maple Leafs. They don't. So in hockey, they're all they're all the city funded. Maple Leafs have the right. greatest rink in uh, Canada. <laughs> but, wow. <laughs> okay. So sure. yeah. I believe we're gonna have the best what, rink in, in the country. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Cut, pretty sure. Right. cut them off. <laughs> yeah. He's drinking the Austin Matthews <laughs> yeah. Kool Aid already. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a good point about. Um, so it's a great point. It's a good, it's a valid point about soccer. 
soccer, whether it's soccer associations uh, like ESA mm-hmm. and then EDSA jumps in that, or whether it's the St. Alberts that have their own facility, uh, Edmonton Scottish with their own facility, Victoria with its own facility. These are associations that they fund their own facilities, they maintain their own facilities, and I just don't see that. I mean, the, the rugby clubs do, in fairness. I think rugby clubs own their own facilities. These clubs are responsible for maintaining them, and, and yep. they're, not, they're not taxpayer dollars going into that. They're being paid by registration fees and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm not sure the same – or football certainly has nothing, right? They, they want everything. Yep. They use all city fields. They're, they're always boring city fields, but want in the world. And, uh, but, yeah, I don't know a football club that actually owns anything. No. Nope. So, because um, the one team's by, by Kinsman. I don't know if that's the Wildcats or the Huskies, but right. that's just a plain grass field that they've built a bit of a, a, bit of a shack down there. That, yeah. That's all it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, and then going back to the Foothills thing, I mean, it's fantastic. And, and Edmonton Scottish here is looking to build a field and, and St. Albert soccer. I mean, those, those are two clubs both on their way. But it does go back, Andreas. It's a great point because some people were praising that on Twitter, and rightfully so to praise it for Foothills. Mm-hmm. But that's, let's be honest, that's going to be a Foothills facility, mm-hmm. first and foremost. So how about all the other clubs in that city? They have nothing to play in. So when you look at some of the issues that we have now in, in youth soccer, certainly, where you've got powerhouse teams or some powerhouse clubs that, that really have all the top players, and then you have what this is going to develop even more so, I think, around Alberta yeah. without government facilities, uh, public or public facilities, is that these clubs then can just continue to attract the top players, and then as an entire as a whole, when you talk player development, if you always have the one powerhouse club and the other ones are scrapping to keep best hold of the best players because someone else has all the best facilities, how is that good for the player? Yeah. Right and player development. So again, this isn't a knock on Foothills because no. their vision is fantastic. The fact that they have the resources to do this is absolutely brilliant. But it doesn't help soccer in general. No. Well, but I think, like like you said, I think if an association like Edmonton Soccer Association, not talking about EDSA on their own or EMSA on their own, uh, but if the ESA decided to build one, it wouldn't be as as detrimental as if, say, Southwest United built their own place, right? So that's just a step. You know, there's either the city builds it and everybody can use it. ESA builds it, and, and EDSA and EMSA teams and ESA teams can use it. Yeah. Or one club builds it, and that one club will benefit from it. It just doesn't seem no. right. Uh, yeah. But, hey, if it's their money they're spending, well, and the, and all power to it. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. These clubs are using their yeah. own money. Yeah. So, But you look at, in Saskatchewan, and that is, that's... That's public. That is not a certain club. And sure. Saskatoon, yeah. Yeah. I believe those fields have been around, I think, for about 10 years, those two pitches. Right. That's right. Moose Jaw, you got Regina. Yeah. You look at it, they have oh, it needs they to have covered in Winnipeg. Yeah. I know. It needs to have, and it seems like we're, we're here in Edmonton, we, we, it seems like we think the answer is, well, let's dome everything. I mean, that seems to be the sexy yeah. thing to do now. We're going to dome foot field. We're, yeah. Let's dome Clark. Let's dome all these things. Well, oh, I guess. I, I mean, We've yet to see it, but when it does come, I guess the proof will be in the pudding there. But is that the solution rather than building a facility? Is just doming it's, it's all a these? Cheaper fields? solution. Okay. There, how no do you reason. know how much Foothills is paying for theirs? Uh, their facility, I believe they, they said today is ten million. And, That's not uh, so bad. I saw the rest. No, actually, it's beautiful. It's and there's a lot more too than just a yeah, field. And right? an outdoor yeah. pitch yeah. as well. It's gonna be yeah. a great facility. Dressing there. rooms. Honestly, they, yeah. They're gonna yeah. put in their offices so, there. Right. They're gonna have. Yeah. And it'll definitely help their. It's definitely gonna help their program get to another level yet. You know, they're already doing. I, I was things, thinking but, it would be a lot more than ten million. I mean, I don't even have a fraction of it. But yeah. some but of the bigger ones, ten million, you can build one. I might as a Friday, sixty million. Oh, great! Let me know. Nice. 
right. Um, Guess you're buying the beers. <laughs> the doming thing, you can dome, I believe, for anywhere from one to two million dollars. I understand. I don't know. I'm just that's a number I've heard. That, that Can't validate sense. it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so now, when you look at that, if you take that number, then okay, so maybe the city doesn't want to get into a ten million dollar facility now to build a, a full size, a full eleven v eleven pitch. Then why not dome Clearview? What would, what would stop them? Just all the space around they need to. Why not dome? Why not dome Clark in the wintertime? There's first, room around it. First, and why not dome you know Commonwealth? What? The first thing before they dome Clark, they should actually put some rubber pellets on the field because yeah. it's like concrete. Yeah, right it's now. actually it's horrendous. Hello out right there, now. city of Edmonton. Hello, hello. You need bags of infill on that surface as we speak. At least ten bags. Three would be helpful, but ten because the concrete surface is no more conducive to a player's body than. Playing on concrete. Sorry, I've said my piece. On you go. You digress. <laughs> I digress into being upset because I train keepers on I, I it every have, day. Uh, I do have a quick, quick question. It's, it's completely off the record, but I've always I've been curious. Wait, what part of Greece are your... Off the um, record. What We're part, live. I know. Okay. But what, <laughs> okay. what part of Greece are your uh, parents from? Still so bitter. <laughs> Jeff's still so sad. <laughs> poor, poor Jeff. Luckily, FC played that day, and you didn't get a chance to see Portugal hoist the trophy. That's a good point. <laughs> Nobody really wanted to watch that game. Yeah. I, uh, I still can't believe the outcome. Oh, That's why he's drinking on me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the 12-year-old champagne was wonderful. Yeah. You know what? And, and, and this conversation that we're having in regards to the facility, it's going to go on, and we'll have it more often as we can. It needs to. Throughout. It needs yeah, to And happen. it definitely needs to happen through... Uh, Throughout Alberta, for sure. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And I, just say, I think it's going to bring it to the forefront now by people actually bringing it up. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people are talking about it on Twitter. And, and, and like Jeff says, if they're, yeah, I mean, at least the people that are following JP are, are sounds like they're mm, not altogether happy about well, the board sure, fields, the, the, but, Yeah, but, he's involved. Sorry, good stuff. I was trying to take a break. We're just no, it's all, it's all right. I, you yeah. know, I mean, if, if, if we're, we're talking yeah. about the same subject, we're talking yeah. about the it's same just, subject. It's just my it's, concern is that there's, yes, that's the audience that you have on your Twitter, and they seem to be counter the, the, the boarded yeah. and, and pro 11 v 11 pitch, but all the other people who aren't following you, who maybe don't follow the sport as closely as, 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 as your what are they called on Twitter? Pals, followers. Um, I think they have a voice too, and those voices are yeah. saying, "Yeah, great, more places for our kids yeah. to play in the winter time." Yeah. Well, I'm and the thing tough. is, when the city councilors look at it, the data is going to show that the boarded facilities are positive. Absolutely, because oh, for sure, ninety-nine percent of the sure. time they are. Yeah. All year long. Yeah. So the data is going to show. It. Let's keep building. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. If you're on Facebook and you have questions for us, fire them through. James, our uh, media guru here, will pass along any questions you have. Uh, and when we come back, it's more with Serge, Jeff, and Andreas. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. Podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back with Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, live from the first round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Scott uh, Carslaw from uh, Scotland. He's been uh, tweeting some nice things about the podcast. Happy to hear that. As well as uh, Dal Miller. Yeah, famous last name, Miller. 
He's, uh, he's the brother of the coach of FC Edmonton. And he's been uh, tweeting out some nice things about the podcast as well. So thanks for listening, guys. I know it's uh, across oceans, but uh, hey, happy to hear that we're listened to elsewhere. It's a nice thing. We're going to get right into Alberta soccer. And Alberta soccer, as far as the ASA's programming and what they're hoping to do in the near future. Serge, what's going on in the world of ASA? Uh, it's a fun time of year for us at this time. Uh, right now, we're looking at just a lot of identification. This past weekend was our U12 Provincials, and the reason why we were looking at that is our initial group we bring in is our U13s. Mm-hmm. So at the U13 level, it's open trials, yeah. and that'll be the last weekend of September. So that'll be at Fear Park, and anyone can just sign up and register, and that is our, our, first, uh, our first squad. So currently right now we have a U13 program and we have a U14 program. Mm-hmm. And what that works is we'll have 10 sessions throughout the winter that players will, some players will be with us for all 10 sessions, some players will be with us for a couple sessions, get released, we'll bring in new players. And after the end of the 10 sessions, we choose a squad and they'll go out to Vancouver and play against the Whitecaps, play against Manitoba, play against Saskatchewan. Well, that's fun. I've actually been involved with that. It's, it's a lot of fun to do during the winter months as well, so... Uh, why do you start at U13? I got to ask Serge. Why? Why has that age group been targeted as this? Look, and this this is when we're really going to start taking a look at these girls, uh, girls and boys. It's the first year that you'd be playing an 11 v 11. Okay, so that's the first one. Um, the second, the second thing, if we you start much younger than that, are we just choosing the biggest kids? Are we just choosing the strongest kids? So by U13. You really start seeing what type of players we have. You know, are we technical? Do we have intelligent players? Clearly, physical attributes come and play as well. Yeah. But, that, yeah, we've never gone younger than that. Well, we, we do have a program called the Mini Stars, but same thing. Anyone can sign up for that program, and there's huge demand because we all have licensed coaches that run it. It's very affordable. And same thing, it's the 10 sessions during the winter, so it's the exact same days as our winter training, and it just fills up instantly, and that's all over the province. Mm-hmm. So the nice part of that program is we have it in Edmonton, we have it in Calgary, uh, we have it in Camrose, we have it in Fort McMurray, Grand Prairie, Red Deer. It's all over. And then we have a nice little showcase at the end where all of them come together. And they just play a bit of a tournament. The yeah. other thing we got coming up this weekend is we ever is the Tier One Provincials, which to me is one of the is one of the best weekends of the year because you get to see the the top players go head to head and and kind of get some real game experience. A lot of people watching, playing in some good competition, North versus South. Um, so that'll be great. And then we'll also use that as identification for the Rex. Where's that going to be at? It's in Calgary. The Tier Ones. Okay. Okay. And so U14, U16, U18 tier ones. Okay. Do so right. you have college scouts that go to those things as well? Or? Uh, yeah, you would. Okay. Yeah, you would. They'd probably be, look at, they'd be looking at the U16s because the U18s, for the most part, would already be committed right. and going mm-hmm. on to their schools. But, yeah, I'd say more on the local, on the local end okay. of things. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen too many out-of-province people out there. Okay. But just, just a great event. It's always at one complex this year. It's the Calgary Soccer Center. Um, so you've got four pitches, and it's just games from start to finish and all quality games. Okay. Yeah. It's tough the CIS yeah. starts next week. The Canada West right. fires up, so I don't know how many. Yeah, it's a busy time yeah, of the year. It's a huge yeah, time of year uh, for all of them. Senior provincials go, I think, a couple weeks after that or yeah. a week after that, although Labor Day weekend Yeah, for senior provincials, so it is busy. There's actually been a uh, – because what a lot of people don't know and I don't think they understand is the relationship that FC Edmonton has with the ASA in player development and in player identification. And I think it was a great comment that Serge said about um, if you go younger than U13, are we getting into just player selection? 
and that's where the the fastest kids stand out, the biggest, strongest kids. And, yeah. and it's not really identification. What we're trying to do, certainly at U13, 14 with ASA, but then into our program, is identify the players that that have a chance to go forward and, and maybe make our first team, play, uh, maybe make the Whitecaps residency program, make a professional team over in Germany, um, or or get a university scholarship. So so I think it's a, it's a valid point about U13. Um, but certainly, we've worked together. Last year, I worked with the U. 14s mm-hmm. I had, and uh, I didn't get to go away with them because our preseason started with our own yeah. first team, but but it was a great chance for me to see the up-and-coming players in northern Alberta, and of mm-hmm. course that's who we're interested in, is uh, the best of the best, and, um, and ASA does a ton of work in scouting players, identifying players, so then our job becomes easier working with them um, because we have one place to go uh, to, to see the players that we're interested in to bring into our program, mm-hmm. so... Okay. Because it's not like great for you. Because there's, there, there's two pieces to it, right? There's clearly the players that are good enough, you know, like technical, tactical. But also there's got to be a maturity. And I think if we even went younger than U13, maybe that maturity wouldn't be there. But now can you balance your club commitment? Can you now balance this provincial commitment? And there's a piece to And then we take them away, which then clearly that's the other test. Because for a lot of these kids, the first time they're away from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just not the physical and the ability to play the sport. They have to have a bit of uh, wherewithal to be able to deal with being away from home and uh, just having that mental capacity to separate club from the province and being able to do the work that's yeah. entailed. Well, yeah, because uh, what, we, what we'll see is, so during our winter training, we'll say if they have a club game, your club game takes priority. But now there's also a way to deal with that. Are they mature enough? to pull a coach aside and say, look, I will not be here this day because I have a club game. Mm-hmm. Or how does a player handle it? And how much pushback do you get from the clubs? Not to throw anybody under the bus here, but, I mean, um, <clears throat> there's there's a bit of a reputation, I think, in the soccer community that there's always some some political stuff going on behind the scenes that's not always to the best interest of the kids. Are the clubs playing ball with the ASA when it comes to pulling kids out? Do you know what? Uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been in, in this type of role now for on and off for about 12 years. So we have excellent relationships with the clubs. So here, here in the north, basically the pushback would be if, if we didn't allow them to, to go. But basically we say, look, if they have a game, you go. Training session, we're going to keep them that day. And of course you get the odd coach that says, no, we have a big game. I need them at this practice. But those are just individual situations. Those are one-off yeah, things those and you are. deal with that. But I'd say for the most part, we, we have a lot of support for both East and EMSA. That's great to hear. Yeah. And the valuable part for us with, the, um, with that trip that ASA takes these kids on is that the ASA gets to see and then we get to find out how young players are away from home. Mm-hmm. and how they are when mom and dad aren't supervising. Mm-hmm. And um, so players have not been invited into our program based on feedback on how they were away from home. And uh, because obviously the, the mental side of the game and, and discipline, attitude, that all factors into a young player's growth into a pro athlete. And I was asked a question the other day about Shemit and what makes Shemit special and, and different from, say, well, I was asked to reference him versus uh, Hanson. I'm not going to say much about Hanson and throw him under the bus or anything, but you know, I don't think, I don't think it's... It's not uncommon knowledge that Hanson was often late for training. I think that was put out there uh, in the media and whatnot. So this isn't a surprise to anybody. But a uh, player like Shamit is never late for training. You know, so can someone handle the disciplines required to go pro mm-hmm. and to be a pro and to last at being a pro? Mm-hmm. And I think that initial trip when these kids are 13, 14 years old gives you an indication of their attitudes, the mentality, discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, you're young and kids can change, mm-hmm. but certainly it's a first glance. Yeah. Oh, for sure. When it goes, goes beyond being late for training, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's obviously you want to be on time for your job. But 
you know, the commitment that a guy like Sham has to school, yeah. uh, to family, to everything else yeah. that comes with being a human being. He, yeah. He, yeah. he understands what it takes at every level mm-hmm. how to be successful. And, and that's what it goes down to what Serge was mentioning about that 13 age group and can they handle the club, can they handle the uh, provincial tasks that are asked of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of that happens with a lot of the athletes. Another story about Shamit. Um, I first got to know him when he was with our U14 program. But he didn't make the squad. So he went through us throughout the winter, didn't make our squad, got released. Kid with a fantastic attitude. Came back the next year, got a lot closer, but same thing. Fantastic attitude again. U16 makes the squad for the first time. Not only does he make the squad, he's our best player on that team. Right. And so you could just see that. He just took a little bit time, longer. What was, it that, what was it that kept him off the prior two teams? Was it something that you saw on the pitch? Or like, uh, what, what, what kept him off that squad, it, those squads? At that moment, there was players that, that were better than him. Okay. And let it be, you know, he was always a slight boy. Yeah. Um, let it be, maybe he didn't have quite the power. Maybe, maybe his decision-making was slow. Mm-hmm. He, he just took a longer time to develop. So now when you, when you cut a kid like Sham, who is... He was probably pretty close to making both those squads. Do you send him home with things to work on? Does he get some sort of tutelage from you guys? Yeah. You don't just cut him loose. Well, right? and, and that's the thing with, with the, the winter training sessions. It's not just a simple identification for us at that moment. It's, okay, yeah, we're trying to build a team, but we're trying to see what players are made of, and hopefully they're getting better and better at all those sessions. So they're taking something away because mm-hmm. they're playing against the top players, and hopefully they're getting some pretty good coaching as well. Right. So they're taking it away. And then let's face it, when players get cut, they go two roads. Yep. Either one, they're bitter and they don't come back the following year. I was just going to say. Or they come back and they're, and, they're, and they're better than ever. I was just going to say, a guy, a guy who's so close to making it and you're just on the fence – Okay, let's cut him this year and see how he comes back. See if he does come back at all and, and see how he reacts to this situation because that could go a long way in determining if he makes it the following year or not. I think that's a good point. Yeah, and you have another boy right now. Uh, is Tyler Larson still with you guys? Um, not at this moment. Yeah, but he was an example that that was a boy that he was released many times. The same thing, so close, so close, but he'd come back. His attitude was always first class. Mm-hmm. And he just he kept working. It's, uh, it's interesting to, to see where players end up going and how they end up uh, moving from one place. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, the, I mean, we're talking about boys and girls here. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. got to be a huge difference, I mean, in that there's, you know, for good or ill, far more opportunities for, for boys to make it professionally in the sport. Um, what Do you have to deal with it in two different ways when you're, I mean, obviously... Well, let's, let's, let's slip boys. into the RPC yeah, and the Rex program. Seg- it's a perfect yeah. segue into yeah. the, the women's side of the game, Serge. And, and uh, you, you being the one who's sort of been the coordinator for the RPC in the North in particular, and that'll now become the Rex, I guess, in the North. Um, yeah. Well, Serge was our director for yeah. the RPC, and that's yeah. a program. For those that don't know, I mean, the RPC program is uh, basically an elite development program for females that match the FC Edmonton Academy for boys. And, um, and that's a program that's been funded by Tom and Dave Fath. ASA's picked up some of the funding, certainly, uh, for some areas of it, such as um, athletic therapists. But, but the facilities, some of the co- a lot of the coaching costs are covered by Tom and Dave. So, again, really the, uh, the RPC and now going into the Rex is, uh, was a commitment by Tom and Dave Fath and to, to give equality within the community for both uh, young males and female players to kind of achieve their dreams. So at this point then, um, I guess it's, it's Serge's chance to, to explain to everybody what Rex is all about. So what the Rex program is going to be is a program that we're going to select basically the top players that we feel that they have some national team potential. 
So right now we're currently scouting to look to be naming the players. 2002 will be the youngest groups that we'll be bringing in, all the way up to 99s. And basically we're looking at the best of the best. Now these players will be training four days a week uh, from 4.30 to 6 out of Victoria. And then they'll also be having two days of weight training on top of that. And basically the curriculum is going to be the exact same as the Rex program has going on with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, the same one in Nova Scotia. So right. every week all the rec centers are all doing the exact same thing. When it comes to fitness testing time, everyone does the same fitness testing. We upload them. So Joey Lombardo, the U15 coach, Beth Priestman, the U17, are keeping tabs on all of our players. Every time we play games, so we'll be playing a game once a week, we videotape it, upload so they can see it. On top of that, they're going to come visit us quite a bit. I believe it's 24 visits that they'll be doing. So now they'll get a chance to see our players up, up and close. So as you guys all know, picking players, those top ones are very easy to pick. But once you get to that, you know, numbers 15 through 20, the more you see a player, the more you're going to like them. So we're really hoping that this is going to get our players an opportunity to now get on the national radar. We currently have a few players in the, in the projects. Maya Jones right now is with her U15. She's a girl out of Calgary. Um, Kaylee Lee's gone away with the U17s. Uh, Kayla Mostwich, Edmonton girl, she's been away with the U17s. We're hoping by now, us being a part of Rex, our players are going to get that much more exposure. Yeah, so then, so the curriculum then, so that's designed by the CSA, by one of, one of John Herbert's staff members, um, I, yeah. I take it, yeah. So we're actually going to have a training weekend. So they're going to be coming down at the end of August, um, mm-hmm. so once we finalize our rec staff, they're actually going to put us through a training weekend right. of how they want their ses- sessions delivered and the Rex's way. So basically, the first part of the session is we'll have um, the defenders together, the midfielders together as the forward. That's the first part of the session. And then uh, we bring them in together at the end. That's awesome. What do you do? Uh, you said you're, you're, you focus on the north of the yes. province. So a kid comes from, say, Fort McMurray, and she has to come to Edmonton to train four days a week. How do you deal with billeting, housing? Is that a big issue? Or? Um, so we've, we've not had that issue okay. up to this point. Okay. Um, we've had players that potentially, if they were in Edmonton, would be a part of our program. And we've said to them, I'm not sure if you have any type of housing that you can stay at or if people are looking to relocate. Okay. Uh, but we have nothing put in place at this point. Okay. Now, the Whitecaps, starting this year, they will. So we actually have two of our Alberta players that have been in, So they have a Super Rex. And what the Super Rex is, is they have all the top players that are going to be based out of Vancouver. Okay. So Maya Jones out of Calgary, uh, 2001 born, and Nikki Panis, 1999 goalkeeper out of Edmonton, have both been invited to the Super Rex in Vancouver. So they'll actually be living there for the year. That's cool. Now, they're going to be billeted, though, right? They will be billeted. There is a cost to them, uh, but they will be be with a family. And um, clearly, they'll go to school. They'll train in their afternoon. And they'll be doing the same idea as us with the four days a week and the weight training. But they'll have all the top players in the country. Very cool. I still, I still can't get past the name Super. I'm not going to lie. Super Rex. Like you could have called super. it anything. You could have called that Rex anything, and you went with Super. So that program, because I was, we've been asked at FC Edmonton, is there going to be a professional FC Edmonton women's team? And, and the, the easy answer right now is nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Right? No. And the easy uh, answer I, I, is tell no me how you really feel. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yes. right now it's a no. And, right now and, it's a no. Uh, but the rationale, though, Strong is maybe. certainly it's uh, – I mean, really, the first team has to get itself going as far as of attendance course. and yeah. as far as, you know, being sustainable. And at that point, I believe once the first team is sustainable, then you never know. But, I mean, every other professional team in Canada is also not really run a professional female program anymore. So it's not just FC Edmonton. Yeah. Um, 
But now where Rex, I think where Rex becomes uh, important for the young female athletes, certainly, is, is that that is now the pathway to get to a female national program, whether it's a youth or the full senior program. And then, of course, if you're an American University scout or a Canadian University scout, then it's one-stop shopping. Yeah. You visit a rec center, and you're seeing the uh, the, the cream. Mm-hmm. And know? absolutely. And with now that we're recs, I, that's only going to get better. Yeah. But with the RPC, this was our third year. And it is unbelievable the amount of schools that contact me saying, can we come? So what mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll typically they'll be, here for, they'll be here for three days. They'll catch our training. Then they'll go watch Calgary's training. And then we'll set up a game in Red Deer on that weekend, and they'll watch that. But we, we were in Red Deer probably seven or eight times this year, and we had one to two U.S. scouts in the crowd every single time. No kidding. Yeah, wow. and, and they're loving our players. They're, they're giving offers. So Kayla Moswich, uh, the girl I mentioned earlier, is on the U-17 squad. She's going to Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska was so interested in her, they came back-to-back weekends. Nice. Very good. Yeah, two, they sent one staff member and then loved her. So then John Walker, the head coach, came up the very next weekend just to see her. Yeah. That's How's this translating to uh, just from your program, Serge, uh, to the the senior national team? Is there anybody, for example, in the Olympics right now that come f- that has, have come through here? And I should know that myself, but um, Steph Labe, right, is, is a yeah, local she girl. Did some training mm-hmm. with us in the off season. She there. did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steph did um, on the U twenty team. Sarah Kinsner is a girl from our program. She was from That's Calgary right. RPC, okay. and she's an up and comer. We don't have a girl on our national team that does what Sarah Kinsner does on the ball. Okay. I always said she was she was like a, a 30-year-old Chilean male on the ball. She'll, she'll <laughs> do these little step-overs, yeah, the, way, the way she beats people, the way she, she loves to play. She has a giant smile on her face. Could they, could they have used her today? Sarah is unbelievable. <laughs> She's a special, special player. Yeah. Um, so she came. But so now that, that's the key is our, our girls, when they're selected into our program, they can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal is to be on the national team. Right. Um, that's not going to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. But all, the, all of our graduates have all ended up at the University of Their Choices. Well, and, that's, and that's key, getting these yeah. girls some education. So Avery Lakeman, who was also with the, was with the U-17s. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so Avery just graduated. She was absolutely outstanding. Three years with us. She's going to UCAL Berkeley. Oh, really? Um, Alex Morgan. It worked out okay for her. Yeah. So Avery Lakeman, I think, sure. is going to be pretty happy. Avery's a great school. kid, too. Yeah. I remember yeah, when fantastic. she started the program. She's yeah. fantastic kid. I, I do have to ask, um, because obviously, Serge, you've worked a lot of the same girls that I've worked with in the past, whether it's the NTC girls. And, uh, you know, with me, I was very fortunate to work with that 94 SWU team. And, uh, and I look at some of the talent that's come through Edmonton in particular, and I, I look at the, the Emily Adamics and um, the Danica Woos, the Lauren Grambergs. I mean, I could go on and on with these list of players that were phenomenal players that I, I got to say, I, I personally thought that they were overlooked by our national program. I think when, and I understand that whenever a new manager comes in, that there's going to be a, a filling out period, and you certainly have the old guard and your Christine Sinclairs and all those that were around. Fair enough. And, but it seemed to me that they jumped from the old guard of players that were the veterans on the team then to the, the youngest, but they missed a whole age group, a demographic of players that, that I think deserved the chance that were completely blanked. Yeah, and with, without looking at their ages, clearly you go to these all-star nationals, you remember coaching against players. Um, Zdarsky, yeah. I, I absolutely remember when she played for Ontario. So she's right. in 92, mm-hmm. so she would have played against our top 91s, which was a very special group here for Alberta. Yeah. But you're right, you're looking at it. They have those players that are probably close, getting close to their 30s, 
and then they have some very, very young ones. But it seems That's like right. there isn't many 92s, 93s, 94s on yeah. this national team. Yeah, I think it's a forgotten group, and I think they've missed out on some outstanding players in those age groups. Yeah. You know, the Troy Martins. Who was the girl down in uh, Calgary that could do things with the ball? Teresa that, Stastny. Thank you. That Teresa one. Stastny. She, yeah. she was with our U20 national team, and yeah. then she went to Notre Dame and unfortunately destroyed her knee. That's but right. she was yeah. a special, special player. She was. Yeah. That, was the, that was the group, um, this Alberta squad. So like I said, that Zadorski was on. Alberta beat him. We we beat Ontario five nil. Wow! It's ne- it's never. And Brian Rosefelt was the Ontario coach. Yeah. And going into that game, they had twelve national team players. We had one national team player. No. Nope. Clearly, that changed after that game. Right. That then I believe we had five or six. Totally off topic. Did you know Brian was uh, a huge Kiss fan? <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it out there. Did you I, also know he can do the worm? What's the worm? Oh, Where, the, the, you that that breakdance move. Yeah, the, the yeah worm. he can do it. We've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Not pleasant. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> I, I digress. Let's well, let's shift. We're, we're still in the women's game. Let's talk a little bit about what happened this afternoon. Uh, want to talk about the Sweden game? The, 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 we, rec- we record the show, obviously, so everyone's going to know by the time uh, we actually have this out there. But the uh, can, can we'll go with Canada first. I know you've got yeah. your Sweden shirt on, but uh, we'll go with Canada first, playing against G- Germany in a semifinal match. And uh, the outcome was, obviously... 2-0 Germany. 2-0 Germany. Yeah. What happened from the previous match against Germany? Well, I think the first know- time we played Germany, uh, both teams kind of had a second lineup going in, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Germany cleared the rest of a lot of players, but, but so did Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in that game, they had the ball a lot more than we did. Uh, yeah. But some clinical finishing. Today, we had our chances. We, yeah. we created more chances today than we did in that first game. I think I would agree with you on that. And uh, unfortunately, the, the German keeper made some key stops, mm-hmm. and we just didn't finish. But they also had the ball an awful ton today. And I think you have to criticize that Buchanan a little bit as well for being Ooh. reckless. That was, a, it was a, that was a reckless tackle. The ball wasn't even going close to the goal. No. It was heading out of the 18-yard box. No need to go to ground. I mean, I thought against France, and not just, this isn't my French side here talking, but I thought that was a clear penalty against France. Mm. Same place. She's lunged Mm -hmm. into a ball she's never going to get. How that's not a PK, I don't know. But good for Canada, because now they're playing for a medal. But, yeah, yeah, I think she is a bit risky in that that 18. I know she's had a fantastic career to date, Mm -hmm. and she gets all the accolades, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's some dodgy challenges. She's also young. I believe she's a 95, if I recall correctly, right? So, as a center back at the international level, yeah. She's depending a lot on athleticism. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, what do you think about? Um, because certainly, we. I mean, we've all been. We've all watched the the women's game for a long time. We've all been involved in the game a long time, and so we've seen the managers, uh, the evolution of managers. And uh, so I'll go back to them in Pellerud days and some success, but of course, very direct. And then I remember when he was replaced, and we had Carolina Maracci come in, and everyone talked about how she was going to change the game, and this was going to be a possession team, and you know, so and, and mixed results certainly. And then now John Herbman came in and certainly came in fantastic intro to the program. And he's, he's won the bronze medal at the Olympics. So fair play to everything that's happened there. Mm-hmm. I just think today watching this game for me personally, and, and I don't want to criticize certainly a manager that's done more in the game than I have. And, uh, and you, you, you have to do, I guess, the players that you have. And there's different ways to play the game. But I just thought that this was almost kind of a step almost back to the Evan Pellerud days and the way they approached the, this game and certainly some other games in this tournament. Is that just me no, thinking I, differently I, there? I, I was lucky enough to work with Evan a little bit during, yeah. during his time in there. And I think you might be right in, in some of the Route 1 type of activities they were, mm-hmm. they were doing. The difference is they actually have 
Uh, it's, this is hard to say because I really liked that team as well. But the, 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 I think there was just there's just more younger players that can actually play yeah. in the middle of the park. I think so, so too. So the reason to bypass them, I don't know. I guess they were just trying to get mm-hmm. well, the, the tall ladies involved, Tank and uh, and and, Sin- and if, if you guys watched yeah. the game today with the sound on, you actually heard quite often the yelling, "Get Jesse, get Jesse, get Jesse." Yeah. Jesse right. Fleming, the 1998 central midfielder, they put her in all sorts of positions to try to receive the ball. Now Ashley Lawrence playing as a left back, she's another player who's very comfortable with the ball and can make things happen. So by Ashley Lawrence not being in that position, really we're left with just Fleming in the midfield, right. kind of pulling the strings and really be able to, to switch the ball yeah. and send. And if you look at our chances, they really were off Jesse's feet. Yeah, and she's still a kid, so we're actually is, we're, we're, we're expecting a lot. She's a special, special talent. Though. But you look, at, yeah. you look at a Desiree Scott, and she's fantastic. You, she's your true holding mid where she's yeah. just winning balls, breaking up That's plays. Right. But she's not the person who's going to be sending in those. She's not going to be sending those balls. How about Matheson? Right? Do you think she would have made I mean, a difference? I mean, for, for me, there's, there's two, two for sure. And, again, I like both the ladies, but uh, I, I, I don't think I would have put uh, – is it Belanger, the, the right back? I would have put her in instead of Ree. To start with, for sure, because I think she's a more of a defensive yet attacking player. She's got way more pace, I think, and and more uh, longevity in her, her ability to play. And then Matheson, I would have had her in there. Mm-hmm. For, for how well she's done, I mean, and obviously we don't know the, if someone's got knocks or they don't Absolutely. have knocks. They're only good yeah. for 30 minutes, whatever yeah. it easy may be. Easy for us to second it guess. Is, it is easy to second yeah. guess, but I definitely, I mean, if someone's only got 30 minutes and, 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 and we need to score goals... I'd get him going right away. Why, why that's save what, them? That's when we looked our most dangerous. Once Matheson came into the game, yeah. um, fantastic balls. and she, she got involved right away and made a huge impact in the game. And, yeah. we, and we looked very dangerous. She, she had our best scoring chance. Yeah. She was very good. Yeah. Is, is, is bronze medal a successful Olympics for this team? And then, and then barring that, is, is fourth place um, a, a good Olympics for this team? Oh, without question. Yeah? Oh, yeah. with abs- To beat France. France are giants. Yeah. To be, and even to beat Germany uh, first, with, the, yeah. with the, it's still a tough. They've never beaten them, and, yeah, they, yeah. and they did. Yeah, the the belief that group of ladies have is absolutely. Is, that's is all I'm hearing. That's all it's, I'm hearing. It's the yeah. spirit that's carrying them through this, and and you got to give Herdman credit for that. I mean, he's obviously yeah, no, for sure. Things. I had the yeah. pleasure of being with Herdman when he was here in Edmonton last year with the World Cup. My role was I would bring him U16 players, and we would form the opposition. So we were China, we were Australia, we were whoever. I thought you were going to say you bring him coffee, but that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we would, and they would let us know that morning. So we'd yeah, bring yeah. maybe four players. Some days we'd bring seven, eight. And then a lot of them were, were the FC boys, right? The, the Academy boys. Yeah, yeah. And he would greet us every single time with a shake hands, say, thank you for helping us win a World Cup. So right away, like, you, you feel it, the, yeah. the belief. Our boys felt that. That's like, awesome. Wow, they're going to win a World Cup. And yeah. the attention to detail he gave these boys of, no, this is how they press. This is how they do it. It's unbelievable. So he's got to go through that with them before you even step on the pitch. He would go through we with We want you to play this way. He would go through it with me. Okay. I would then tell the boys, but then he'd get there and he'd have the iPads going, showing exactly what they wanted. Right. So the amount of intel he has on his opposition and the detail, I've never seen anything That's like really it. Interesting. It is absolutely unbelievable how prepared this team was. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, it, and it showed it throughout the group stages for sure how prepared they were to play these games. Uh, it was great. Well, and I think yeah. I mean, they, they beat Brazil in a friendly before this tournament started, right? So there's, yeah. there's definitely a chance. They lost bronze. one and won one against Brazil, yeah. Definitely a chance. It's that not going to be an easy game. They're going to be no. out of stadium. No. It's going to be rocket. No, sure. Same idea. For Brazil, a bronze medal, that's going to be huge as well. Yeah. Sure will. Yeah. And how many, how many uh, years does Marta have left playing? I mean, certainly oh. she wants to... 
Yeah. She's been around a while, Th- right? This might be a, this I, I might think be she's it. been around a while. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. still playing pro in uh, well, Sweden right now. Yeah. What are well, the rules she in that for that? Win Sinclair back in the U19s yeah, back I in think Edmonton? So. I, wish you really. I think so. I want to say Marta wow. was on that Brazilian team. Yeah. So what's the what's the uh, is it the same as the men's tournament? Is it uh, U23? No, and no, definitely it's not. Whoever. No. Yeah, it's it's whoever. Okay. Yeah, these are your national teams. Okay. So it's a big deal. Third and fourth, I think, for Canada, where they are in the current standings. Um, they're you know, tenth overall. Of, they're definitely going to move up. Yeah, that's what Jimmy was saying. Tournament. Ranked tenth, and yeah. we had, we've had a lot of success in big tournaments. We've, we've, we've beaten yeah. three teams above us in this tournament that's right. in, in Australia, France, and Germany. Yeah. And it really is a state of transition, isn't it, Serge? For this group, of, for this current makeup. I mean, you've got the senior players that are winding down careers now. Some of the greatest players to ever play in, in Canadian women's football, certainly. Mm-hmm. But they're and you're starting to see it. I think in the field of play that yeah. they are now near the end of days at the highest level. And then you have this massive gap down to these 19, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds. That's the next wave coming in. So they are in flux. So, I mean, certainly there's some credit due there. Yeah, for sure. Well, for and sure. if you look at it, so Buchanan. So, so our two center backs today, Buchanan's a 95. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Quinn was on the bench. She's also a 95. And Zardowski is a 92. So young, young players yeah. up and yeah. coming. Which That's is brilliant. great. And on that note, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, a little bit more with Serge. We're going to drag him into some NASL roundup. The week it was, the week that's mm-hmm. going to be, and all that kind of fun. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. We'll be right back. Official podcast of FC Edmonton. And we're back here, Rabbit Radio Live, uh, the official podcast of FC Edmonton at the First Round Sports Restaurant. Speaking of first round, since we're here having beverages and food, is your meal good today? Fantastic. What about you? Oh, the macaroni golf balls. Aren't those macaroni golf balls They're going to be the death yeah. of me. Now, did you try one? Did you try one, I Serge? Did. And? They're delightful. Delightful. Party in my mouth. Well, we have to... What? <laughs> Never mind. The, uh, we just have to say, though, that this place has been fantastic, both beverage-wise and food-wise. Service has been spectacular. If you get an opportunity to visit the first round, come on down to the first round in the downtown core. We're right next to McEwen, aren't yep. they? On 104th? Yeah, I believe that might be a nursing building just uh, right next door to us. Wow, another reason to come to the first-round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. Uh, There's also one at the West Ed Mall. Is it on Bourbon Street there? Right on Bourbon Street. Right on Bourbon Street. I think it's the Old Hooters. And... Old Hooters. Why did the yeah, tear Hooters come down <laughs> your face as you said that? <laughs> Wouldn't that be called Cougars then? And, uh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Uh, anyway, what we're trying to tell you is that the first round is the place to go for your beverages and your good eats. Um, another thing we want to talk about was uh, the next home game for FC Edmonton is August 28th. And it's uh, football and furballs day. Yes. The whole Pardon? game and the whole match, all the stuff coming in is in support of uh, the Edmonton Humane Society. It's against Puerto Rico. 2 p.m. kickoff at Clark Stadium. And uh, you can get your friends and family tickets for 20 bucks. Includes a hot dog and a pop. Be there and be loud, as I gotta always. think there's a dog obstacle course or something happening. I'm sure. The Humane Society puts on. Yeah, there was. And it was a great show, too. Yeah. Didn't yeah. they chase a couple of players or one of the they players? They chased yeah, Hanson. Hanson. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's I forgot right. about that. that That's a quality. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs chasing a player. And that That's wasn't a show. Good. That was Hanson legit running from a dog. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, probably, that I, wasn't good. I don't know what I broke, but <laughs> something hit the floor there. And I'm only having Sprite, so I can't imagine what it would be if I had my favorite... Uh, 
grapefruit beer. I'm digressing. We were finishing off here with the um, women's programs, the the women's team. Uh, we we didn't talk about yeah, the other game I that gotta, happened gotta today. Got to mention it, or else my mom won't have yeah, me over for dinner. Go ever, ahead, ever mention again. the the Sweden yes, and the Sweden, Brazil game. Sweden parked the bus again and and uh, and stole another victory. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I heard the stats as I was driving home. I only caught. Uh, I saw the I saw the PKs. That was all I saw. Yeah. But I heard that they were saying that uh, apparently Brazil outchanced them like thirty three to six. Oh my god! But, uh, honestly, the keeper in the PKs for the Swedes. It. it, it I don't want to sound like a jerk here, but yeah. PKs are a little bit different. It seems in the men's game compared to the women's game. It seems they're a little bit. I mean, they don't have as much power going into the the shots, and, and so it seems like every shot could be saved. But then, <laughs> this is I'm going to get myself in trouble. No, here. no. The, but the I Swedish mean, keeper did an amazing job, uh, yeah. and and put them through to the final. And I, I uh, I've got a lot of family members who are who are uh, on Facebook, and uh, it's been all Sweden all afternoon. That's, just, and you and you've got your Sweden I'm shirt on. It, just representing today. Just, I hope it got caught on the live Facebook so they can all <laughs> no. see that I'm. Supporting Actually, you've got them. your back to where the camera was. So, oh, well, so no, yeah. that's probably yeah. the best, best <laughs> angle. But uh, no, I just have to say congratulations to the ladies for that, and uh, looking forward to watching that final. I think it's on Friday. Yeah, it'll be good, good final too. I would imagine. Now we got one more topic. To hit up here about the women's game in particular in the Olympics, and that was the U.S. getting knocked off by said Sweden. That's and the right. comments made by the U.S. goalkeeper, Hope Solo. Completely offside. Oh, my God. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I mean, well, I'm scared to comment because she does have a domestic abuse charge against her. So, <laughs> so I don't want to say too much. But to, yeah, I mean, well, be I, upset. That's, that's but, a really, really poor sports. I mean, I mean yeah. we watch half, half the reason for myself anyway, watching the Olympics is seeing the great sportsmanship. I think they've been showing a clip on here while we've been doing this show. Of uh, I think it was an American runner fell and and, uh, and a New Zealand runner tripped over and hurt herself or whatever I, I don't know the details, mm-hmm. yeah. but the, the American runner stopped running, goes back and lifts this uh, girl up and and helps her finish the race. Yeah. That's what the Olympics are about. Yeah, not going home after you've gotten knocked out and criticizing your opponents yeah. for for doing the job against you. Well, I think she took a job at her former coach. It was part of it for sure, but. She's a role model for so many young females. Yeah. And what is she teaching people that when you lose, you can just pout and cry, and it's 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 just poor, just very very poor. Yeah. Very disappointing. I, I mean, we won't we won't put too much more topic third. We won't give her too much more time about it because it was just offside. And yeah. Yep. Something you don't expect from a top end athlete, that's for sure. No. All right, time to hit the uh, NASL roundup that we do. Uh, this is the week that was, so the weekend that just passed, and uh, we had uh, a bunch of games. <laughs> There's a bu- bunch of games with some numbers at the, after those games. <laughs> I can't remember what the predictions were either. And Should we, we have, well, yeah, JP we'll likes to here. start it. So, yeah. yeah, we'll go through these. Uh, first game was Jacksonville 2, uh, Ottawa 1. That game was in Ottawa. So now, I, I'm trying to remember... Wow, I can't. We have to start. I'll we do start this every week. I know. Make I'll our <laughs> predictions and then don't do anything with them. So well, I see beautiful. paper in front of you and a pencil. Wow, there you I, go. I, okay, I you're going to have to do secretary it. Job You'll be voted okay. the secretary this time round. All right. Let me but get to it, though. I'm kind of wondering how myself. many of us. I, I didn't expect that, to be honest with you. I, Jacksonville, I, Ottawa? You didn't expect that? Well, I didn't expect Jacksonville to win in Ottawa. No, I was. I think I'm pretty sure I picked Ottawa. Oh, I'm confident I picked Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure I said you might have picked Jacksonville. 
I as well. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the new manager's uh, first game. That's what it was. That's and, why. And, um, yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure how difficult a job it was to <laughs> replace, maybe, but <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and now, yes. is, he, uh, he's, is he interim or is he's, he... Uh, He's interim. Yeah. yeah. He's interim. Yeah, okay. But if he keeps doing that, there you go. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the league. For <laughs> welcome sure. to For the sure. yeah. welcome to your second That's team. That's great. Um, next up on the list is New York Tampa, yeah. and that final was uh, New York three Tampa two. Yeah, Tampa went up two 0 early. Yeah, and let that one get get away. So good result for us. Yeah, it, it worked out really. for us for sure. Yeah, I mean we've uh, we've beat New York twice. We've got the we've got the home. We've That's got a good the, point. Yep. Yeah, we've got the series win already against them. Um, we're ahead of them in the standings at the moment. So if they keep winning and we keep winning, if 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 they can keep beating the teams that are fifth and sixth in the league, then our position looks even stronger every week. So mm-hmm. I don't mind these results. Yeah. Um, thoughts? You, no, I, I think was it an JP expected nailed thought? it. I, I was. I, I kind of went into the weekend watching the game, looking at the games, thinking to myself, oh, "I don't want New York to win. I don't want Indy to win." But th- those are good points. I mean, like we we're in a great position right now. Like you say, we've mm-hmm. got, we've got New York twice at home already. Uh, beat them twice at home already. So I, I just think, uh, yeah, I, I I went into the weekend with the wrong frame of mind. I think you're. I think JP's right. I've, I've changed my tune. Good results for us, for sure. Yeah. And you know what's jumping out at me? It might be too early to say is that all the games are one goal games except for that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just great league, man. Yeah, parity in this league is fantastic. Yeah, it is so fantastic. Uh, Carolina, Puerto Rico. That was a draw, and I'm and I'm wondering. There was a few draws that were picked. Yeah, if, if I recall, I don't sit on the fence, Steve. That wasn't me. Oh man, you fence sitter. I yeah. bet yeah. that game was two two. Um, good for Puerto Rico because it was in Carolina, wasn't it? In Carolina, yeah, in those Carolina. two teams for me, they, I think of them the same way. I, I don't know why. I just think because they, they're both orange. I f- yes, that's got to be it. Actually, <laughs> good point. That's probably it. It's, they're but both I always orange. Just feel like they're they kind of mirror each other. I feel like they're the results are the same for both of those teams all the time. So a draw would probably have been a perfect, uh, perfect pick. Sorry, we're, we're shooing flies around the studio here. There's some. The big ass flies flying around. And having Sorry. played Puerto Rico, I mean, being there and having seen them play live, this is actually a decent team. First year team, they're sure. a good side. Yeah. They're they're strong, physical. They've got some technical players. Uh, they're they're well organized, so they're going to pull points off our position for sure. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully history doesn't repeat itself uh, on the island, and then they can stick around the league for a while. And, and yeah. I think next year they'll be they'll be a they'll be well, a at least they, yeah. their owner has deep pockets at least. So yeah, that's he sure does. A bonus. Yeah. And it was that, it yeah. was a good road trip. Yeah, not. I don't mean to rub it in, but it was a good road trip. Sorry, I've asked you yeah, specifically not to bring to it stop up talking about that road trip. Yeah, anyway. um, the next game up was Indy Rayo, and Rayo with a new coach as well. Uh, they lost last minute goal by Indy again. Yeah, that was heartbreaking for yeah. Rayo. I was, yeah, I watched that one. It was, uh, but again, that's a fifth and sixth place team there, them in Tampa. So yeah. it's a good result for sure. And um, I, I, we were talking about it, JP. The the the. You you sensed Indy was just going to win that game. Yeah, I, I did anyway. I just yeah, felt like, oh, this is not yeah. over. I mean, they're going to put this in. They're playing they were, at home, ten thousand yeah. fans on average, and they're loud. I mean, they're yeah. uh, they're loud. Yeah. It, it's a great place to play. Yeah, um, Miami losing to Fort Lauderdale yeah. two nothing. Now I don't now, think anybody picked that one. No, I, I think we one. all picked it. Now it was Richie or um, what's his name? Dazzy. No, uh, in oh, that game, the Steely. Miami game. Uh, no, the, the one who's injured. Richie Ryan. Richie Ryan. There you go. Uh, was he injured before this game? Yeah. Okay. So I wonder if he, how much he had to do. 
With, I'm sorry, sorry. No, no, hang on. Let me, I would say he had very little to do, my, actually. My, exactly. My thought was, I wonder how much that had to do with the result. Uh-oh, Him yeah, not maybe. playing. That's what yeah. I was driving. Oh, there you go. But, of course, you know. Well, he's their highest Darren paid player. World. I don't know if that yeah. means anything. For, in, I don't know if he's their highest paid. But in Darren certainly. World, the half-language and I'll stop there. Let's FC Edmonton, the next, next game. Yeah, 1-0 for us. Yeah, you were at this game, Serge. I was, yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? Pressure. Pressure. It was, you know what? It, it was great. It was great. Nice day. Great crowd. I thought uh, Dustin Curry, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. I thought Shamit was great. And great goalkeeping again. Van Olko was spot on. But yeah. no, it was very entertaining. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Brilliant. Well, I think uh, I think these, uh, you know, despite them being one nil victories, they they are exciting. Uh, they're exciting one nil victories, and and I think that's that's showing in the crowds. I think the crowds getting excited, the crowds getting behind the club, um, and it's just, long may it continue because uh, there's a lot of people who worked really hard, Tom and Dave Fast being two of them, uh, who uh, you know let's let's. Puerto Rico's coming up with the dogs, so let's <laughs> let's let's come out for that one. Your supporter group is absolutely outstanding. I, yeah. I brought they, my they, I brought my kids to the game, and yeah. they were just infatuated with them, and they were just staring at them, and they right. were and they were trying to catch on with, with the chance, sure, and yeah. just absolutely first class. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're, they've grown, they've grown into themselves. Really, I remember back in the foot field yeah, days, I remember when that. There was yeah. like you know half dozen of them trying real yeah. hard, right? Yeah, I know, uh, and there might still be one or two I left know. over from those days still involved. Yeah. But I think their chance they were really just swearing. Yeah, I think so. Sure, yeah, but no, brilliant. They're great guys. That you know, yeah. they come out. A few of them uh, come out all the time and watch. Academy kids play. Yeah, didn't they? Uh, didn't they, they say did. they were going to make a showing at one? A, a large number coming out uh, Thursday night oh, for the cool. final game, and it's unfortunate because a lot of the academy kids that have actually earned the team um, uh, provincial berth and second place won't be there because all our youngsters that have done so well uh, are going to provincials, of course, yeah. uh, with the two thousands, U sixteens, and um, we've got a couple going off to university and getting ready. So it'll be a different lineup, but you know what? Fantastic, great support from them, and certainly yeah. great at our games. Uh, it was an interesting thing this game because before the game started, Val came up and she was telling me that she had mentioned how uh, close is the operation. Yeah, sorry, and and uh, they watered the pitch before the game, and then I think they were supposed to water at halftime too. They did, did they do they, that. They, yeah. they did. Yeah, they, they, did. No, they had to stop, and they only there was a section of it that didn't get watered. For right. I can't remember the reasoning, but okay. There was All right, something that. Um, yeah, but. When she went up to the uh, one of the Minnesota assistants, uh, she said to him that, you know, just to give a heads up, we're going to water the field. And he says, oh, great, that benefits us. And she kind of said, well, I'm not really sure if it benefits anybody, but I'm just letting you know we're going to water the field this time. He's like, no, no, it's going to benefit us. And he, he made the motion that our team just kicks the ball in the air and their team plays on the ground. And so at the end of the game, you know, Carl is a great guy, the manager of, uh, of Minnesota, of course, and fantastic. So we typically, at the end of the game, uh, we'll always get together, whether it's there or at our home for a pint in the locker room with each other. So it's great camaraderie. It's, it's nice to be amongst your peers and, and just talk about the game. And uh, so they came in, and I made it a point to say, you know, because he says full credit to you guys, and, and a great guy again, but I made a point because the two assistants were there. I'm not sure which one said it. And uh, so I made a point to tell them that the big difference is that we're actually averaging about 450 passes per game lately. So clearly, that's not a team that's just kicking the ball kicking in the, the air. Kicking the ball up the field, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think, good I result. Think, yeah, people are used to the old Eddies, you know. Yeah. Um, it's because we defend so well, Dre. Yeah, it is. Still. Yeah. And they think that that means that we just, of course, that that's we just all we do it. now, yeah. you know. And we're actually all possessing teams lately as well. Yeah. So, but it, that's a great point. But typically, when you see a one-nil score line, it's yeah. almost like a sweet, and you just assume yeah, the team is parking the bus yeah. and, and just waiting for their one chance. Yeah. yeah. 
No, there yeah. was there was lots of chances. Absolutely. It's just you get you get the opportunity to finish the one, and you did. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. Fantastic How about stuff. the crowd? Speaking of the supporters group, sorry to go back to them, but uh, getting on injucks. Yeah. Sorry if I'm pronouncing yeah. that incorrectly, but they're just getting the on goalkeeper them. for yeah. mini. They're just getting yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice how far out of the goal oh, he yeah. was standing? He was right. up yeah. thirty yards. <laughs> you got to get Didn't the white cap get... chant going. Wait, um, have you guys ever, so, you know, when the white caps, the opposing goalie does the kick? Yes. Uh, you fat, fat bastard! bastard. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. doing that for a while. Yeah, they were trying. Yeah, I think they've. Tone that one for some reason down because yeah. some of the other chants are not. Well, I remember the down. first time Minnesota was in town, the supporters were trying to get on him then. That's right. And at one point, he actually turns around and gets involved with them. Yeah. And doing stuff. Yeah, no. He wasn't about to do that this game. <laughs> no, no. He wasn't no. up 2-0 in this one. When you, when, you, uh, when you make every single country's top 10 blooper reel, <laughs> you've stopped talking to the Have crowd you seen at that this one point. Too? No. So. He's playing Bournemouth in the preseason. Well, no, it was, it was the middle of our season. Yeah. And, and uh, their preseason, Bournemouth was over in, in Minneapolis playing them. He literally throws the ball into his own net. Yeah. It's just it was, it was as if he was about to throw the ball up the field and decided, I can't make this throw because there's someone in front of me. I tried to stop it and just turned and threw the ball into his own goal. <laughs> it was classic. And then they tried to cover it up the next week by doing this video of him making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the dressing room with his gloves on. For me, on. that didn't do it. That didn't. That was I humorous. Mean, I, uh, I, got, I got the joke about it, but, I mean, if I'm that keeper. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> that. All right, let's, let's head on to the week that is coming up here. There are two games on Wednesday, which will be tomorrow. Um, the results will have happened by the time you hear this. But it's uh, Jacksonville, Fort Lauderdale, and the Mini and Tampa. Jacksonville, Fort Lauderdale. Any thoughts on that one? So we're doing predictions, right? Well, yeah. do we want to predict the Wednesday ones or just get on to the weekend ones? You want to predict the Wednesday yeah, ones? Yeah, why not? Jacksonville's hosting Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to go Fort Lauderdale. Okay. B-dub. We're not doing scores. No. I don't want to no? do scores. All right. Winner's a winner. Serge? Okay. If you want to say a tie, tie. Um, so you're in the mix now, Serge. Oh, I love Jacksonville. They're so hot right now. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Jacksonville as well just because they're uh, at home with their new coach. So let's, uh, let's have at her. That's original. Have a, <laughs> and yourself, Whoa. I'm going to go uh, This guy's Florida not getting invited back. Ah, 2v2. Yeah, they've signed uh, Italian Fabio. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> from the Daniel Steele novels. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, he scored his first game as well. And, <laughs> then, he, and then he flicked the hair. So. You, yeah. said, you said Jacksonville, right? No, I said Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, Minnesota's hosting Tampa. I am... Oh, man. That's a barn burner. I'd like to say a draw, and it's a hard-fought draw. That's what I'd like to say. So is that what you're saying? I'm going to say draw, yeah. Serge, mini. 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 I'm going going Tampa on that one. I think uh, they continue to roll. I think Minnesota's going to be distracted by their big announcement. Coming up on, oh shoot! The announcements after this game, damn. Which is they're good. still going to be distracted. Yeah. So I'm going with Tampa because Minnie's distraction. Okay. Of uh, another league. Very I'm going to go a uh, a draw as well. Not as hard a draw as yours. I'll, <laughs> I'll go with a soft draw. It's a wi- it's wishful thinking because we play Tampa this that's weekend. Right. That's why. Yeah, I'm going to go with draw as well. I think these are two teams that are going to be tight because the game means so much. They're they're fourth and fifth place. Tampa's three Massive points game. back. Massive. So so I think they're both going to be tight. 
And then we move on to the weekend games. First up, Jacksonville Mini. Yeah, two straight home games. That was convenient. I wonder who's the uh, head of the league right now. Yeah, exactly. Is it not the Jacksonville owner? Uh, could right. Be. Could be. Uh, I'm going to go Jacksonville on that one. I think there'll be more fallout of the announcement for this game than the Wednesday game. Lots of love for Jacksonville. I, con- I concur. You can concur <laughs> on that one. Jacksonville. They keep the hot stuff going. I'm going to say the distraction's over, and uh, oh, wow. Minnie's going to come out with okay, a win on that game. I think there's too many players wondering where they're going to be. Yeah, yeah and that is the point, but uh, I'm still going to go Minnesota in this one. Okay. Yeah. Then we got Fort Lauderdale, Ottawa. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale's hosting. I'm going to go Fort Lauderdale. I don't know what's happening with Ottawa, but they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, they had a three-game uh, winning streak, and then it's been a two-game losing streak. So, yeah. yeah. Surge? Same thing, Fort Lauderdale. Bandwagon? Bandwagon. I'm also going for the Floridians in this one. Yeah. And? Only because I love hearing stats, and uh, Paul Doug Leach loves bringing out stats whenever they lose. So I'll have to go for Lauderdale. I expected that. I yeah. could have circled it already. Carolina, Indiana. Indiana just had a couple of very close calls with tornadoes. Indianapolis? Or? Yeah. You know, close to Indianapolis. They just had some tornadoes. I'm throwing it out there. It's news. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you giving me are the Are we safety up? Are we, are we no, good? Okay. I'll take uh, obscure <laughs> references for 100, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought I'd throw it out there, and I'm yeah. only uh, saying So it's that a good thing, then, that Carolina's hosting. <laughs> it is a good thing that Carolina's hosting. Yeah. I, <laughs> You, you might guys. not be able to fly out, though. <laughs> you guys. I'm yeah. going Indy. I'm going Indy, the Brickyard Battalion. <laughs> Carolina, because I don't know what the weather's going to be like. <laughs> well, yeah. it won't be Carolina's weather. Let's put it that way. Go. You went Carolina, did you? I, uh, I'm going to stick with Indy. Um, they just seem to have it this year. So, Indy for me. Jeffy? With uh, half of Indy's roster being swept up to Oz, I'm going to have to go Carolina. Okay. <laughs> what are you chuckling about, Duffel Bag? I'm not even interested in looking <laughs> over that direction. All right. Uh, uh, Rail and Miami. Who are you thinking? Why are you skipping? Because we're the, we're the hosts, dummy. We'll do Port, it last. Puerto Rico, New York means nothing. Yeah, Puerto to Rico, you. New York. Oh, yeah. There you Puerto go. Rico's host in New York. Uh, let's go, New York. New York as well. Wow, you're just following D-Dub with every answer. I'm going <laughs> No, because I have not quoted where there's hurricanes yet. I'm or going Puerto Rico as well. And I'm going Puerto Rico as well on that one. Because I'm sure somebody will click their heels yeah. and end up somewhere. <laughs> you think the New York <laughs> boys are going to have a good, good night out the night before the game? Is they, was, that, they will. They definitely will. Yes, they will. Um. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that, actually, because uh, my wife listens to this podcast. <laughs> there you so. go. There you go. Yeah. Real Miami. Miami. What's your, it's your Bienvenido pick? Bienvenido Miami. It's your pick. I'm going to pick Miami. I'm thinking Steely will have had a bit of rest this weekend and might be able to perform in the middle of the park. Mm. Okay. I heard that. I mean, Are the, you good? the coaches were saying that he played really well in that yeah. last game. Well, there yeah. you go. I like the odds. I'm going to go draw. <laughs> Solid 3.55 on Bodog. Actually, that's not a bad shout there. Yeah. Not a bad shout. You're going draw. Uh, for that one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miami on that one. Me and D-Dub sticking on sticking that one. together like thieves. 
JP. Yeah, I think I might have to go rail in this one. Just to give that, that ridiculous pitch of theirs uh, home field advantage. I think they struggle on it as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I know. I think yeah, it's, you've made I, your pick. No, no, I can change it. That's good. <laughs> and then finally, of course, Tampa, FCE. That's a given. FCE. 1-0, FCE. Hey, that's a pretty good <laughs> That's bet. a good that show. That would be a good show. Shout out and the points. Yes, I like that. I, I'm never going against them. Never, never. I don't even know why we even have to ask for that one. Yeah, I can't ask so. that. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful NASL week that was and week that will be. Apparently, I'll be in Oz with Toto and a bunch of other well, people. Well, 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 let's about what we're about, doing um, with these predictions, though. I mean, it's not, yeah, I took a lot of effort and time uh, you to know, we, out we, We've talked about this. So one. what so, are we going to do? What no, is no, the deal? Let's do this. Hang on to it. Who, next whoever week. has the lowest point total does not get invited back next week. The, I um, love it. Hey. <laughs> a break. I like, I <laughs> like no for you, whoever, I like the, whoever wins, <coughs> the other two by the winner a beer. The, no, the winner of the prediction week doesn't pay for his beer on the next podcast. No, no. one one beer. So one beer each. One so, beer. So, so when I oh, win, one beer each. Example, one beer when each. I okay. win, yeah, yeah. you'll buy me a beer, and, and, and you'll buy me a beer. Okay, fair, that's fair enough. So okay, right. so week thirty-two, JP might get a free beer or yeah. two. <laughs> Deal. Are you all right with that one? Or your nonstop verbal shake. Okay, verbal shake, verbal shake. Serge, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure, my man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Had no worries. I'm sure this can be arranged again. And for those who don't know, occasionally, our man Serge is on 1260 AM. Doing a little stuff, soccer Saturday type yeah, stuff. That's what right. are you on with? Saturday Fantastic. afternoon with Low Tide. Oh, low yeah, Tide. Right. Low Tide's a good guy. Yeah. Tell him I say hello. He's a beauty. I love him. There you go. He likes the Spurs, but we can't. Yeah, it's and, a shame. Uh, it's a shame. He's uh, just uh, picked that lucky. out of a hat. And Dutch. Though. He just picked that out of a hat. <laughs> and Dutch to yeah, boot. Dutch. <laughs> He's Dutch. No, he likes the Dutch. Really? It's, it's unlucky. He hates I, think they, I think he's blind. He hates football, doesn't he? <laughs> he likes the Dutch. The he likes the Dutch, the Dutch oven. He but hates it. All, all joking aside, he's one of the local radio personalities yeah, who, totally. who, who wants to get into it. Yeah, he's, he's a good soccer it. fan. Kudos for to him. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I've invited him out to Rex when I get started, and he's all about coming out. That's cool. Out. Great. That's we should get him out here? Definitely yeah. we should. I'm going to have him on. Yeah. More people talking the game, the better. Honestly. Rumor around town is actually listens to this podcast, so wow. go low tide. Go low tide. Right on. All right, and on that note, again, Serge, thanks for coming. Dre, JP, James, always a pleasure, as always. Uh, could I say always a few more times? Uh, you're listening to Rabbit Radio. This is the official podcast of FC Edmonton, and I'm having a shocker. Bree's bringing in the last of the beverages, and we'll Thank see you. you all next week. See ya. Can I get a refill? Yeah. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton.